Welcome to Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Talking local, globally. This podcast explores ideas and thinking about the role of local government finance as an accelerator of international development, in line with the Sustainable Development Goals and Paris Agreement. Welcome to the ninth episode of Capital Locast. In this episode, we will be talking to Jean-Pierre Elong Mbassi. Jean-Pierre is the Secretary General of the United Cities and Local Governments, Africa. He is the man behind the AfriCities Summit, which is the largest event of cities, regions, and local communities in Africa. And I say this having attended a number of these AfriCities events, they are really where the local government dimension of Africa comes together, a really quite unique gathering. Jean-Pierre is also co-chair of the World Cities Scientific Development Alliance and Deputy Secretary General of the China-Africa Forum of Local Governments. Jean-Pierre has 40 years experience in urban development and planning, urban services, local economic development, local governance, housing and slum upgrading. In the 80s, he was the director of the first urban project financed by the World Bank in Cameroon, which focused on the restructuring and development of a slum of 300,000 inhabitants in the city of Dula. Now, a lot has changed since the 1980s. And um, Africa is an urban continent. That may sound strange. Often when people from outside of Africa think of Africa, they don't necessarily think of cities and local governments. They may think of a rural village or some wildlife reserve. But Africa is urban. And we'll be talking to Jean-Pierre about this new reality and how both African governments themselves, central governments, and the international community need to understand and update their perceptions of Africa, and in particular, the way that development is financed in Africa. Because as we will be discussing, the form of the city is partially defined by the form of the financing. Jean-Pierre Mbassi, Secretary General of United Cities and Local Governments, Africa. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us on this uh, podcast. It's a real pleasure to talk to you again. Jean-Pierre, the future is already here. The scale and speed of African urbanization is striking. You know, people outside of Africa, when they have an image of Africa, often they think of wild animals or a small village, but... Africa is increasingly urban. Would you like to reflect on that for a moment? Do you agree with me that the that the scale of urbanization is not really being taken seriously, both inside and outside Africa? Over to you. Well, thank you. You know, it's a problem that uh, the reality under our eyes are not reflected in the way we report on the development of uh, this continent. Africa is urbanizing in a very high speed. Let's take some facts. 30 years ago, this continent was uh, majority rural. Within the next 
15 years, the majority of Africans will be in cities. Yet, uh, a lot of people are still reflecting on the rural nature of Africa, which is not exactly the, what the reality is. And we know that by 2050, the continent will have 1.2 billion overnight. This means the total population of India, three times the population of Europe, the EU, and four times the population of the US today. So it is very surprising that people keep talking of Africa as a rural continent. And the speed of urbanization, the speed of urbanization in, in Africa is unprecedented in history. Remember, it took Paris one century to go from 500,000 people in 1810 to 1 million people in 1910. It took Lagos uh, 25 years to have the same uh, level of transformation from 1960 to 1965, 75. And Lagos have every year an additional of uh, 500,000 people. So it is a, a very unprecedented urban development in Africa. And uh, the solution that we have are not adequate to address this speed and pace of urbanization. Thank you so much indeed, Jean-Pierre. I think this is where we are deeply on the same page. And as you know, we are working together to try to find some solutions to this. And we'll touch on those a little bit during the interview. But I think the key thing is for people to grasp the scale of the problem. And you have pointed that out very well with this example of Lagos uh, and, and Paris. Now, Jean-Pierre, before we go into the details, could you briefly explain what UCLG Africa is and the members and the cities that you represent? Very briefly, uh, over to you. Organization was created to have the voice of the leaders of local government heard in addressing the urban issues, and not only the urban issues, but the developmental issues uh, in Africa. We gather all the national associations that appeared on the continent and over 2,000 cities and uh, local, uh, regional local governments. Altogether, we represent 350 million Africans for our membership. And this organization is based on the structure of the African Union. So we have a continental organization based in Wabat, Morocco. And then we have a regional offices and a representation of all the regions equally in the uh, leadership and the management of our organization. So we have five regions, one in North Africa, West Africa, Central Africa, East Africa, and Southern Africa. And in each of the regions, we have a regional office. We have a director of the regional office, one in Cairo for North Africa, one in Accra for West Africa, one in Libreville for Central Africa, one in Nairobi for East Africa, and one in Pretoria. Southern Africa. 
And in each of these, we have a vice president of our organization that supervises the work of the organization in the region. And we have a president, which is the, today the mayor for the Bolivia, Mr. Leandro Zoe, who is now the president of UCSD Africa. And by the way, as you know, we also succeeded to have the president of UCLG at global level. We succeeded to keep the position of the president with the mayor of uh, Alusena, Mr. Mohamed Bouda. So this is our organization. We represent the voice of local government across Africa, and we defend uh, and promote decentralization governance. And we try and get the local level articulating solutions for the development of Africa. We are part and parcel of the agenda uh, 2063 of the African Union. And we are implementing also the global agendas that were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 and 2016. Thank you, Jean-Pierre. And exactly, and for the listeners, um, it might be useful for them to know that, in fact, the previous president of United Cities and Local Governments Global was African from South Africa, and the current one, as you pointed out, is now from Morocco. So that's really good that Africa is holding the leadership of this global organization. Now, Jean-Pierre, I'd like to ask you the big question. We both believe that, uh, if you like, urbanization is the issue for African development. How will Africa finance the jobs, the mass public transportation, the clean energy, the drinking water, the affordable housing, the parks and public utilities for a beautiful urban future? Now, Jean-Pierre, when you and I go to conferences or meetings about Africa and about African development, we always hear these days, oh, we have to bring in the private sector, We always hear, don't forget about civil society. We always meet with ministers from central government, the Ministry of Environment, the Ministry of Economy, the Ministry of Planning, the Ministry of Finance. And more often than not, the development of Africa is spoken about as if there are three pillars, the central government pillar, the state pillar, the civil society pillar, and increasingly the private sector pillar, and sometimes remittances, uh, which are also an increasing flow from the African diaspora back into Africa. That is an increasing financial flow. So these are always on the table as the key pieces on the chessboard when we talk about African development. But something is missing. Local governments in Africa are not seen as the vehicles to accelerate African development and to guarantee the sustainability and the environmental sustainability of African development. And as we talk about local governments, we get thrown at us the question, well, they don't have any capacity or they can't do it or no, it has to be the private sector, civil society or central government. So what are we going to do to fix this? Because given the scale of the urbanization that you talked about, Africa clearly needs a local government revolution in public finance and private finance through local governments. How are we going to address this fundamental structural challenge? Uh, Over to you. You know, it is very curious that we don't draw a lesson from the past. For a long time, this discourse of local government not being able to address issues and relying on national government or 
on over layers of government led to the situation we are seeing now, where most of our local government and cities are in disarray. It is very critical that people accept that development is local or it does not exist. And for the development to be fed by the people locally, you need to empower them. That is why we push for decentralized governance. Otherwise, you can't develop people. People develop themselves. And for that, you need to empower them. The empowerment comes from their voices. They need to uh, state themselves what is good for them and the trajectory they want to pursue and what they can afford to implement. My serious plea is that when we go to those meetings with those people saying that uh, the three pillars, national government, civil society organization, the private sector, they should know that every development is local. Unless there is a drive towards localizing all the actions, including finance, there, will, there, there is no way we can win the battle of rapid urbanization of this continent. And it is curious that uh, since its establishment in 2002, the African Union has not managed to have one single conference of head of state on urbanization. Yet we know that the structural transformation of this continent will be also functional on the way we will manage urbanization. It is very critical that reflection be undertook so that we find a way, first of all, to redefine the technological packages to respond to rapid urbanization of the continent, to have governance arrangements align with the speed of urbanization and the spread of this urbanization, and also legal and financial mechanisms that are commensurate with this environment. I, I think it is very critical that we bring a new narrative on the way to reflect on urbanization. And it's not a question only of, of money. It's a question of mindset as well. And this change of mindset is our duty, our collective duty, that we, we need to, to, to have the leaders of this continent, but also the leaders of the international organization and the local leaders to realize that only participative governance can bring a solution where you have lack of resources or shortage of resources. So it is very important that we work together to try and redefine the way 
we are going to address the issue of rapid urbanization. And for sure, you can't have a lasting and sustainable solution without putting at the forefront local government. Yes, exactly. So the question is how? And, I, and just to add to this discussion, you know, recently there was a meeting at the European Union Parliament uh, looking at, at the question of African urbanization. And they were looking at the examples from history, including uh, Asia and Southeast Asia. And for the period, and, and if you look at the example of, for example, of South Korea, which has also undergone an extremely rapid urbanization from the 1950s and the 1960s, even in to now, even to the early, you know, early 70s to now, it's now more than 80% urban and it was 30 to 40% urban. It's been an extremely rapid urbanization. Now, during this rapid urbanization of South Korea, mainly taking place in the 80s, that was the big urbanization decade, South Korea had an, an equivalent path. It has gone from 30% to 80% uh, urban in a very short amount of time. And during this period, gross fixed capital formation as a percentage of GDP in some years was over 40% and was always uh, in the high 30%. So what that means, gross fixed capital as a percentage of GDP, it means infrastructure investment as a percentage of GDP. So we recently ran the figures for Africa and it's not anywhere near that level. Uh, African economies are going to have to spend up to half of their GDP on infrastructure if they are going to be able to keep pace with the growth of Lagos, as you talked about, for example, and if they're going to be able to match what the South Koreans have done in terms of creating uh, resilient, uh, livable, beautiful cities. And even in South Korea, there are many problems with this massive urbanization. So how are we going to get the African presidents to understand this? Over to you. I think it is important also to say that at the same time, Korea was uh, industrializing in the high speed as well, which is not the case of, oh gosh, which is not the case of Africa. That's a good point. And, and that makes it even more critical that the infrastructure investment yeah. goes in there because, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. Very good point. Yeah, it is a good point. But at the same time, remember, putting money on the social capital, let's say in, in infrastructure, in utilities and so on, depends on a whole political economy analysis of the decisions. You see, if your rate of return in industry is high and the speed is high as well. In that case, you can accept to put some of your money in uh, public utilities so that the uh, expenses on these utilities help you save the money that you will have put in your own industry in your own society company. So it is very critical that in the case of Africa, we don't have parallel industrialization. So most of the people earning money, earn money on housing, on the functioning value created by urbanization, and 
only in a remote part or in a small part of the city you can earn that money. So for me, it seems that the disorder of uh, African cities is a function of the way uh, the better off earn money in these cities. If they earn money in industry, they will have accepted to in invest very much in land, in infrastructure, so that we secure low wages in industry. But since they earn money essentially on urban land value, they keep a portion of this value high by, let, I'm very frank here, by organizing this order elsewhere. What we are trying to do, what we are trying to do is to try and get our continent industrialized. Otherwise, what we are describing today will last. And if it lasts, the problem will be in such big magnitude that we will have a real difficulty to reverse it. I fully understand you, Jean-Pierre. No, and it's a great point. And it relates to a point that one of our previous guests, Rajivan, mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast series, where we were talking about how the form of the financing dictates the form of the city. So if the financing is by an, an emperor or if it's by an extremely wealthy government that wants to invest in a beautiful capital city, then you get Paris. If the financing is through rapid industrialization, then you get the type of industry, industrial cities that we see. If the financing is as you have described it, and if, if the money is being generated through property and through the, the way that the middle class and the wealthy are generating money in Africa, then that's what the city looks like. So you, we have to yeah. align a form of financing in order to get a resilient city. And what Rajivan was talking about is the importance of long-term infrastructure finance through the bond market that can fund a, a whole city's growth path instead of PPPs that are one by one. So if you go to Jakarta in Indonesia, for example, you will have these beautiful five-star shopping malls that were financed by a PPP. But right next door to them, you have very poor public conditions with even open sewers in the streets and very poor quality housing. Uh, uh, so you, you have a beautiful private development which is ring-fenced, and you have no infrastructure investment in the public realm, including in utilities such as waste disposal, etc. So it's how we get that right. Over to you. Yeah. You need to, we need to understand, how do we calculate the cost of uh, this infrastructure? What do you put in it? Because if you say the cost of infrastructure is what the, the multinational cost, then there is something wrong. You can build a lot of infrastructure with the people. And I'm sorry, if you need to go through this uh, uh, multinational costing, then of course the cost is so high 
that you will never get the money. So number one, let's rethink the technical technological packages that we propose to this city. Because some of the, the solutions are not affordable at all, and will, they will never be. And you can't condemn these people to have uh, uh, poor sanitation uh, services because you want a centralized seaway system that is efficient, like in Paris. If you do so, then uh, you offer a market to these people, but you leave a lot of people outside this market. So what is our choices here? That, that's my first question. The second one is that if we are serious about the climate urgency, then many of the solutions that we are taking now are not the good ones. And here we need to reflect based on evidence and research. And this is where the research community, universities, should be brought in as well, not only finance, but those ones as well, because they will find some other solutions that are more affordable, more adaptable, and give us maybe more chances to address the issue. Yes, very clear. So one final question, Jean-Pierre. We have to wrap up shortly. And this question is on um, how we raise the profile of this discussion. So as you know, this year, France is hosting the kind of regular meeting of all African governments together with the French government. And we're working a little bit with UCLG and others on how we can bring this issue to the table there. Of course, we can't discuss it in, in detail here, but... Do you think it would be possible to try to somehow package this in such a way that it could be put on the table at least by one or two governments that are friendly with this argument? Because it needs to be elevated to become part of the global discussion on African development. And maybe the France-Africa summit could be an opportunity to do that because Macron apparently is always looking for new ideas. Uh, over to you. Well, you know that the theme of this meeting is on sustainable cities. Exactly. So the UCSD Africa is part of the preparation of this meeting. And we are talking with the government of South Africa. In order, because you, as you know, the head of state of South Africa will become the president of the African Union in a few, few days, the end of January. So we are talking with the government of South Africa. We are talking with the Premier Houteng, who is also a co-president of Metropolis, to have this issue tabled. We, as local government, will put it on the table in, in the forum that we have uh, on the 4th. But unfortunately, I try my best to have a conversation between head of state and, and mayors and uh, this did not fly. The people don't want this confrontation. So we will use South Africa and Premier Houghton and maybe UCLG as a whole to uh, champion this issue. But uh, my firm request is for all of us to try and get this issue on the table of the head of state and government of Africa. 
they have a conference twice a year, and one of those conferences should be on the role of cities in the structural transformation of Africa. And I think this is the best platform to raise the profile of our discussion. Even in Paris, can be preparatory, but uh, the real platform will be the conference of head of state and government of Africa. Let's do that this year, not later than this year. Very good, uh, uh, Jean-Pierre, absolutely. And let's work together on that. I take your point fully that the Africa-France meeting will be preparatory and we can use the meeting of the African heads of state themselves to really yeah. uh, try to, to, to have a breakthrough on this issue. So looking forward to working with you on, on that, uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. And we have one. We always have one or two questions at the very end of the the podcast just so that people can get to know a little bit more about the guests. And so my question to you to finish with, Jean-Pierre, is outside of your hometown and even outside of your home country, let's say, what is your favorite African city and why? My favorite? Well, let me tell you, my favorite African city is the city I live in, Rabat. Rabat in Morocco. Why is it so? First of all, I think it is the one of the cleanest cities on the continent, maybe the cleanest. Secondly, the public utilities function very well. Thirdly, they tackle seriously the issue of housing, and they have a mechanism of financing and addressing the uh, institutional arrangements to get this housing affordable to a, a lot of people. And I like this city also because it is an orderly city. I take an example. My wife wanted to paint the door of our gate. And she wanted to paint in, in blue. And then we went to a shop asking for paint of blue. And the shopman asked us, where is your street? What is your, the name of your street? We gave the name of the street, and she said, no, in your street, you can only have something around uh, other red or brown, not blue. So it's that accurate in the way the planning culture is disseminated including among the people that just sell the things, but they have in mind the order, the law and order, and the planning of their city. And so I like this very much. Very clear. Uh, that's really good <laughs> to hear, Jean-Pierre. And it's good. It does a really good advertisement for decentralization and empowering local governments, particularly yeah. in Morocco. So, Jean-Pierre, thank you so much indeed. I really appreciate our conversation and I look forward to speaking again soon. Uh, all the best to you, Jean-Pierre. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. This is Capital Locust, the local government finance podcast from the United Nations Capital Development Fund. Thanks for listening. See you next week.